0: Makes you think. Makes you think about the people in your life. And I think of Neil. And if he were sitting there right now, what'd he say to me?
1: He'd say, John, what's it about? What's life about? If you don't go through it as a man's man. You say, suck it up. Take the fall. Do the time. That's made you who you are. That makes you what you are. How long we've been around this thing of ours? This goes in Austria, 120 years. I mean, what's it about? It's about the rules. Parameters. When you take the beating for the friend, you don't run, you don't lay down, you don't betray who you are. What you are. Self-esteem. Yeah. Self-esteem is basic. You pick it up in the street. That goes to the street. You got to remember Angie here. I love this guy. I loved him. And he was stupid. He never listened to me. He always wanted a goddamn dope money. He never rolled. Do you know that? He never rolled. My brother Gene, Joy, the Mig, they don't roll. They're doing a thousand years now. They don't roll. They don't rat, White. That's the rule. You don't break, you don't rat.
0: The following podcast is a Carolina Boys production. Welcome back everyone to crime and entertainment. I'm your host Hollywood Wade. Now the opener you just heard is from one of my most favorite gangster movies ever. And for my money, even though it was a HBO movie, Gotti from 96 is right up there with the best of them. If you watch that movie, you'll notice a lot of familiar faces that went on to be in the Sopranos movie. Uh, Dominic Chianese's is in there. Uh, Paulie Walnuts, Tony Sirico was in there, uh Vincent Pastor who played Big Pussy was in there, Frank Vincent, who played uh Philly Atardo is in there. I mean, just a ton of actors uh transitioned from that movie over into the Sopranos. So and like I said, for my money, it is a very, very good movie. Probably I would say one of the more accurate portrayals are Santi fucking killed Gotti. I mean, if there's anybody that's even been as close to capturing his charisma it was definitely armada santi and that's who we're going to talk about today with myself and anthony ruggiano on behind the gangster here on crime and entertainment
1: hello everyone my name is anthony ruggiano and i want to welcome everybody to reform gangsters and today i have a guest here my friend hollywood wade How you doing, sir? Nice to see you again. Doing good. Welcome back. (laughs) It's good to be
0: here. Now, we've done another episode of Behind the Gangster. The first two have went off pretty good. We're going to do a guy today that is synonymous in pop culture, even to this day. Probably will be long before you and I are gone, too. His name will still be floating around, but you had a real close connection with him, John Gotti. Yeah,
1: John Gotti, I know know him well, know him well since I'm 13, you know, he always looked out for me, he always treated me well, and I know we're going to talk about movies that he was, you know, that they made about him, and, and it's kind of weird for me, like I told you earlier, because I knew the guy so well, I mean, you know, and he helped me so much, like, nobody really does him justice, I mean, outside of Amin Asante, I think Aman Asante did, did the best, And we talked about this earlier, but I could never see John Travolta. You know, I could never see Vinnie Barbarino playing John Gotti. And we all know who Vinnie Barbarino was, right? From, you know, (laughs) Welcome Back, Carter, you know, back (laughs) in the day. So I don't know. What's your take on it?
0: Uh, I definitely think Ahmad knocked it out of the park (laughs) over uh, Travolta. I mean, Travolta is a phenomenal actor, but I think it was maybe a little late in the game for him to to try that part. I mean, he did did his best. I mean, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't turn the movie off bad. But, uh, you know, definitely, I think once Armada had done that, it was so good, um, I thought it would have been really hard for anybody to come up and and compete with that. And uh, both movies were good. A lot of guys from that first Gotti movie went on to have great careers in The Sopranos. Um, When I rewatched that, uh, you know, it's like every other guy wound up making it to The Sopranos and had a... An impressive career so yeah we'll get into a, a few things about it because a lot of those obviously like you said a couple of movies so we'll, we'll dab here and there on a few first things. off I
1: mean Gotti in the beginning he was more or less just a hijacker right I mean, yeah, was his yeah you know, he was a rough kid in, in East New York you know when he was a teenager ran with you know he had a good little crew um you know and then he gravitated towards Charlie who you know eventually made him who was the actually the same guy that proposed my father into the mafia so John and my father Really have the same mentor from when they were, you know, teenagers. Yeah, he was a hijacker. He came from poverty, you know, Mm -hmm. just like my father. You know, they were, you know, they. My father used to eat pigeons. I mean, you know, they they were broke. They came from poverty. John, especially, he had a big family, a lot of brothers and sisters. His father was a little bit of a gambler. You know, his father John, who I loved, he was a great. You know, he was a funny guy. His father. They were paisans. His family and uh, and a lot of people don't notice, but his family. And my family come from the same town in Naples, and my father and his father always used to call each other Paisan because they come from the same town in Naples. And I'm almost positive that the Gaddis, John's grandparents, took the name of the town because the name of the town they come from is Sandaga de Gaddi, and that's where... The name originated from Gotti. Okay. So they took the name of the town. That's a little thing that really nobody ever talks about. I don't know why. Yeah, I've uh, never heard that Yeah, before, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't know that either until I wrote to Naples. I had a friend of mine when I was in prison wrote a letter in Italian and I sent it to the hall, of, uh, the, the hall of records in Naples to ask them for information about my, my grandfather, Umberto Ruggiano. And, uh, about two months later, I got this big envelope from uh, Naples and it had all my grandfather's information in it which was really nice in them, and that's how I learned the name of the town. And I said, oh, Gotti. They took the name of the town, because it says right on the paper, the de Gotti. So, yeah. It's like the minor leagues, you know? It's mm-hmm. like baseball, you know? Like, even with me, you start, like, I start, you start off, at, you know, running numbers picking up slips then you start hijacking trucks and you know then you start you know and it progresses to you know committing murders you know Mm -hmm. until then getting made and then because you know and and that's the beginning of of the progression
0: well in the 96 film one of his big first steps was he was called in i think there was somebody that he kidnapped one of don carlo's nephews Mm -hmm. i believe it was and held him for ransom and if i'm not mistaken i think he
1: paid the ransom but they killed him anyway Yep. I remember when that was going on really, really well, because what happened was there was a crew of people that were, they were kidnapping wise guys' relatives. And I remember my father actually, after they kidnapped Carl's relative and killed him, my father wouldn't let me out of the house. He kept like an eye on me because of what was going on. And they killed him. They paid the ransom. They killed him anyway. And that was John's. I mean, Mm -hmm. John got the contract through Neil, Neil gave the contract to John, and John and Angelo and another person went out to Staten Island and they killed the guy, McBride, whatever his name was. Yeah, uh, McBrattney, I
0: think it was. So the, the other guy you're talking about, now in the movie... Paul is there at this meeting and he wants to send one of his guys, Ralph Gaione, I think was the name he used in the movie. I don't know if that's the accurate to real life, but was was that third guy, was that one of
1: Paul's guys and did he kind of botch this whole hit? You know, I don't I don't believe that's what happened. That's and that's my that's my um problem with watching movies about people I know is that once they start making stuff up, I lose interest in the movie because yep. then I know it's not real. You know what I mean? And and that and that's that's my problem watching movies about people I know. All I know is I heard that that O'Neill got the contract and of course was Paul Castellano involved in? Yeah, it was his relative too. The Gambinos and the Castellanos were all first cousins. Right.
0: Yeah, Paul married what Carlos' sister Paul married
1: Carl's sister and Carl married Paul's sister. They were all first cousins and they, all, and they married each other to keep, cause that's how the Sicilians were. They thought mm-hmm. they were royalty. They wanted to keep the bloodline, the money in the bloodline. So was, was Paul involved in it? He was. Was someone that Paul put in there involved in it? I never heard that. Okay. So if that's true or not, I don't know. I never heard that. I just know the three of them went and after they killed the guy that Colum- Columbo? Gambino had a connection and they only got five years. Right. So man, I mean, they blatantly murdered the guy and copped out to like a manslaughter right. and got five years.
0: Yeah. And see, in the 96 movie, Gotti doesn't shoot him. The Ralph guy, only well, guy shoots him.
1: John didn't shoot him. John, John was there. Okay. They try to get him to I This much I know from what I heard from people. They tried to get him to come out. Right. He wouldn't come out of the bar, so then they just blasted him in front of everybody because that wasn't the plan. The plan was to get him outside where nobody was, but he didn't want to come out of the bar, so they blasted him right in the bar.
0: Right. Yeah, see, in the the Travolta movie, John shoots him in the bar. In the Armada Santi movie, the other guy, Paul's guy, shoots him. John did
1: not shoot the guy.
0: And there was an interesting scene in there, too, and that's what's so cool about doing these episodes because you wonder if that really happened When John was upset that Ralph messed up the piece of work that he was trying to do for Don Carlo, which understandably so, he makes a good impression, you know, that's good for him. Well, then he takes that guy out, well, then that puts John on the hook for killing a made man. So they have those meetings with everybody, and and, uh, Anthony Quinn, who played Aneel, you know, comes to John in the bar and says, we've been up all night negotiating your life. Like was that something that happened, or was never that something happened. that was fabricated? Never happened. Wow.
1: Never well, great happened. scene and great <laughs> acting from it. Yeah. But that's... You know, listen, they, got, they have they have to make they have to do something. I mean, they have to make a movie, right? Yeah. I but mean, John and Neil were very close. I mean, listen, I don't remember that happening, and I and I know the three people that were there never got nobody that I ever heard of got clipped after that. They got matter of fact, John and Angelo. They got and the guy that was there. They all became wise guys after that. Mm -hmm. that, That's what got them straightened out. They went to prison. They went to prison. John went to Greenhaven and Mm -hmm. Angelo went to Greenhaven. They got five years. They came out on a furlough in seventy eight. They came out in seventy eight the same week that I went to prison, and they came out because they had a connection at Greenhaven and they got a seven day furlough. They came out. They got made on the furlough and then went back to Greenhaven to finish their sentence. Wow. But Neil and John were very close. He was yeah. like, like a father to him. Neil loved them. No, they were very close. Neil was very close to Neil, very close to Angelo. He was very close to Willie Boy Johnson, Wahoo, who was an informant. He was very close with him. He was close with all of them. He looked close with my father, of course. My father and him came up through the ranks with Albert Anastasia. Yeah, but John, he loved John. I mean, he was very close to John. But They were with him every day. You know, they took care of him. They, if he asked for a suit... If he said, oh, I like your suit, the next thing you know, there was a guy who was walking into Ravenite with a rock with 10 suits on it, you know. So, yeah, he was the underboss. So everybody yeah. was brown-nosing him. Now, you mentioned
0: John's father having a little bit of a gambling problem. John had one as well, right? Uh, maybe oh, a little yeah. bigger than a
1: little one. John, <laughs> Yeah, John had a John loved to bet horses, which is portrayed in the movies, yeah. right? Yeah, John loved to bet horses. He loved to bet sports. It's funny because Genie Gotti, his brother, used to tease him and go, you're the only guy I know. Who's bookmaker follows him around with a pillar, so if you fall, he could put the pillar under your ass, <laughs> so you don't break your ass. You know they all used to tease him, but he was a, allu- you know, he could. And there was another guy, Irish Jimmy. Because they all got bought out of Aqueduct Racetrack because they were known. With, back then, they used to call them, they had a book, it was called uh, For Known Gamblers. And once you got your name in this black book, that was it. You weren't allowed in any casinos in Atlantic City, you weren't allowed in the racetracks. And so hit, they were all, they always, Genie and all of them used to go to the racetrack every day in Aqueduct because it was right in our neighborhood in Ozone Park. And then they all got bought out of the racetrack. Well, John had a guy, Irish Jimmy. That used to he used to meet him in the morning and John would give him whatever how much money and send him to Aqueduct. And then he would call the club and John would tell him what horses to bet. And then later on when them big cell phones came out, they got him one of them cell phones. So he and we used to tease him, don't bet the wrong horse, you know. And one day the poor bastard bet the wrong horse. And this guy was terrified to go back to the Bergen Fish Club, but he went back. John just yelled at him and abused him a little bit. But you know that was. A, but yeah, he was a degenerate gambler. I mean, we all gambled, but he was he was a big gambler. You know, I know our fights. I remember one Leonard. I don't know if it was Leonard Duran 2 or one of them fights. He bet like twenty thousand on Leonard. I mean, he was a big gambler. But that was a known fact. He was a big gambler. Yeah. Uh, Neil told them the bosses to give, Neil wanted them to turn over the tapes. Cause mm-hmm. the one, cause, and I always hear that from my father and his partner, Tony Lee. The boss is the boss is the boss. And that's, and that's basically what Neil told them on the tapes. So, um, to, that the boss is the boss and you can't do it. You know, you gotta do it. You gotta do what he says. And, uh, I think it changed for the Travolta movie because John's son was involved. Uh I think that had something to do with with the variation changing. But um, knowing Neil and old school stuff, um, the boss is the boss. I mean, that's the bottom line. And um, did he school him about if he was going to kill him? Yeah. I mean, the commission says you can't kill a boss. And the bottom line is he didn't get permission from all the families because the Lucchese's and the Genovese's killed Frankie DeChico, they killed Bobby Burriello. they killed Eddie Lino. I mean, these are all guys that were involved in the Castellano hit. Mm-hmm. So I think the very I think the, 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 I think it changed because Junior got involved. Because I it. know the old timers believed in that, and you're right. Even my father, when Carlo Gambino died, they all Paul, they all felt that O'Neill should have declared himself the boss. And Paul went in and said, boo. Because O'Neal had all the killers with him. My father, John Gotti. I mean, he had, he, he, had, he had the strength. He had the money. He had the muscle. He had the, guy, the guys with him. So he could have became the boss. In the butt. But why didn't he do it? Because the boss is the boss. And that was Carlo Gambino's wishes. And Neil respected the boss. So I don't
0: know. Well, I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit more when we cover yeah. Paul Castellano, because yeah. that's a whole nother yeah. side that's to this a whole, whole other thing. other Um, one of the things I did want to talk about is obviously something, you know, gangsters beside, you know, all of them are men and nobody deserves to go through some of the things that happened to John. And one of them was the death of his son, Frankie boy, when he got hit by the car in the movie, it almost seems to me that John could be under the understanding that this was an accident at first, but then in the, in the Travolta, one, it kind of seems like Vicky was pushing you know, for something to be done. Then there was reports of the guy was, you know, not even really being very, acting like he was very sympathetic, that he didn't even clean the blood off of his car and it went parked right next to their house. I don't know if this guy did not just know who his neighbor was. If he did this, I don't know why he didn't move
1: immediately. Mm. Um, What, what do you know about how that went down? Well, I think that's more the truth because, like I said, John's Junior's involved in the in that in the Travolta movie. And what I know is that yeah, the guy definitely wasn't as broken up about it as he should have been. He had a he had a, a barbecue in his yard a couple mm-hmm. of days later. He's, he never fixed his car. Vicky was screaming at the house. Vicky, you know, as a mother. Uh, when the guy had the barbecue, I heard Vicky flipped out you know mm-hmm. what I mean this is what I heard um and I know just like in the movie you know Vicky did uh Vicky pushed the issue I mean you know mm-hmm. whether they deny it or not you know I really don't like to talk about that because I mean I knew them and I know them and they you know they were friends of mine at the time I mean John looked out for me but it was a tragedy and and Vicky yeah the mother definitely forced the issue especially over the barbecue the guy had a couple of days later I mean I put myself. Now, in the life and I put and my father, you know, in the life and that they would have done the same thing, you know, and because the guy showed no remorse. I mean, did the guy deserve to die? I mean, uh, I can't say yet. I mean, it wasn't my son. Right. You know what I mean? Did the guy deserve to die? I mean, he was a legitimate guy. It was an accident, but the guy showed no remorse. The guy knew John was in the mob. I mean, if he didn't, he was a fucking idiot. Yeah. I mean, let's be real. I mean, how do you not know? I mean, and uh, and the guy disappeared.
0: Yeah. And I think the the way it was set up was John and the family went to Florida, um, you know, that way. So he would have an alibi for this, whether he was involved in it, who knows. But John Favara did disappear. Supposedly he was getting it set up to move. Um, but he decided to do that a little bit too late. But I got to I got to say, looking back, you know, if he did have those barbecues and stuff like that right after doing something like that, it wasn't the smartest move. No. I mean, you do that, you you need to, you know, be on your hands and knees. Yeah. I, I would do that to anybody, even if it wasn't John Gotti, even if it's just a regular person's course, son. And I hit him in the, in the street. It wasn't my fault. Of I mean, course. it just sounds like it was, you know, he just darted out. It sounds yeah. like a legitimate accident. But I would be, you know... At their feet, begging for forgiveness.
1: And then you got to try to maybe put yourself in the guy's. I mean, here's a legitimate guy. It was an accident. It was a tragedy, you know. And I guess he just figured, you know, it was an accident, you know, and he didn't deserve to die in his own mind. And he just uh, took things for granted that he was going to get a pass on it. And uh, it's funny because, not to laugh, it's not a joke, or matter, But John Gotti, like my father, who, you got these two big gangsters that were scared to death to fly on an airplane. I mean, not I mean, they were scared to death to fly on an airplane, and yet John flew with just him and his wife, I believe, to Florida at that time when the guy disappeared because John wanted an alibi. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he actually got on a plane because the other times that I know that John went to Florida, he drove. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's reports that he flew down there and drove back. But, yeah, you know, like be. I said, I I, I, be, I would believe that because yeah. so, I know yeah. that my father hated to fly. Hated yeah. to fly. You had
0: the records to yeah. show that he was down there in Florida. Right. He drove down there, yeah. drove back, then that he flew back home. So it looks as yes. you know, to the unknowing that he was there the whole time. So, at this point, you know, after Castellano was taken out, John Gotti's the boss. They're coming at him from from every angle. He's on the news. He's on the cover of Time magazine. How is this received from the rest of the family? Because until this point, nobody's really ever landed on the cover of Time magazine like this in this era. It's always kind of been mm. operating in the shadows type thing. That's the way you wanted it to be. Obviously, people know the mob's presence was there, but you don't want it on Time magazine. What was the
1: kind of the theme and the rumblings in the family when all this was going on? You know, the, the old time is like my father and Tony Lee. They hated it. The new guys that were around them then, they loved it. I mean, listen, I lived the life. Wise guys love to see their names in the newspaper and their mm-hmm. face on TV. That's all bullshit. The they loved it. I know I know for me, the first time my name was in the newspaper, man, I loved it. I was like when I went out when I got out when I got out on bail, And I went to a club Friday night and I walked in that club. I was like a celebrity because my name was in the newspaper and I was on the the, the, I was on the on the I was on the Channel 7 News. I was on Imus in the morning and I walked into that club that night and I was like I was like a celebrity walked in. So uh, the old like guys like my father hated. I mean, he was signing autographs, John, which, you know. Tony Lee hated it. I mean, I was there when he signed autographs, and me and Tony got in the car, and Tony Lee said, what is this guy kidding me? How could he do that, sign an autograph? I would go visit my father and tell my father what was going on, and my father would tell me, what is this guy kidding? You can't do shit. You can't do shit like that. But then I would see the new guys. They loved it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was like, but they loved it, but they wouldn't admit they loved it. Yeah. yeah they, You know, of course, they would say, oh, it's... But meanwhile, they loved it. I know they loved it because I could see that all of a sudden they started getting dressed in sharper and, you know, looking better and walking different, you know, like the, they were like peacocks, right? You know, so... And,
0: and John was one of the first ones to do that. I mean, the, the mob, you know, historically has always been well-dressed. Yeah. You look at pictures of guys like Luciano and Costello and, and Bugsy Siegel, but John just up yeah. just another notch yeah. with his bravado and his swagger, and, and yeah. that that turned it up a notch. And you could tell, I mean, people feed off that energy, and oh, I yeah. can see why he could control people like that. And it's yeah. a very, very polarizing figure, no doubt about
1: yeah, it. He always had swagger. I think as far as the dressing goes concerned, a lot of that had to do with Joe Watts, because Joe Watts was a really sharp dresser, and, and he started taking John to Manhattan to buy clothes. Uh-oh. Well, you mentioned Uh-oh. earlier the
0: fallout after the, the hit on Big Paul, Frankie DeChico, and a few other ones. Uh Sammy Gravano does make number 2. And he done a lot of good things for Gotti as far as like, you know, fixing jurors mm-hmm. and stuff like that when Gotti had problems with anybody. It's even said in the movie, you know, when John Gotti wanted somebody in the ground, Sammy Gravano did it. How was Sammy perceived by the rest of the family at that time?
1: You know, when Sammy became the underboss, it was kind of well, I mean it's kind of surprising. I know Tony Lee was surprised about it. I mean, uh Nobody really expected Sammy to become the underboss. But what happened was, from my understanding, it was told to me and how it was explained to me was after Frankie got killed and, and, and he was the original underboss, they needed someone that was friendly with Paul Castellano's guys in Brooklyn, with that Jimmy Brown's crew in Brooklyn. And they needed someone that was respected by them, that could pull them in and keep the peace. And Sammy fit that, that bill. Oh. So that sort of, John needed a buffer for that crew. Yeah, to try to put this to bed. Right. And that's why, how, Sam, how how, how uh, Sammy the Bull got into the picture. And Sammy the Bull was a big earner and mm-hmm. a killer. I mean, listen, in the mob, you could either be a, a killer, which is really good, or you could be a good earner, which is really good. Sammy was both, mm-hmm. which is really good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know which is double really good. Yeah. So so, you know, so uh so he fit the bill. You know, he fit the bill.
0: Well and knowing that he was doing all those things as well as he was doing them, did it surprise you when you found out he was gonna become a government witness and it testify shocked, against it was, John? It, was,
1: it shocked me. You know, and and I said I told the story many, many, many times. I was in prison when Sammy flipped. I was in prison, I was in Marcy, I was in um I had just gone upstate, and I was in a reception with this guy, Bobby, the Jew. It was his nickname. He wasn't Jewish. He was Italian. He's a, he's a made member now. And I, we used to walk the yard every night. And uh, one night, he was late to and out, out to the yard. And then finally, he came out to the yard, and he told me, I just got off the phone, and he goes, that guy, because we used to call John that guy. We knew that was John. he goes, that guy's co-defendant code flipped. And I went, who, Frankie? I thought it was Frankie Loke. He goes, no, Sammy. I said, Sammy, and I just looked at him, and I go, John's dead. Like It was like I was shocked. Yeah, he knew all the secrets and where all the yeah. bodies were buried, that for sure. That was it,
0: yeah. Well, I think that about wraps up another episode of Behind the Gangster, my, my friend. Pleasure. It was a pleasure.
1: My pleasure. Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to Reform Gangsters, and I hope to see you soon. Have a good day.
0: Well, boy, oh, boy, what an episode that was. We hope everybody enjoyed it. We hope everybody likes these Behind the Gangsters. They're really fun to do, really good to sit down with Anthony and get some of these behind-the-scenes type things, compare it to real life as opposed to what they put on screen because we all know that's highly fabricated and beefed up for hollywood's sake which i understand they got to do something for the entertainment value there so but it's nice to be able to look and and see what was real what was fabricated how it went down always been of interest to me i hope it's an interest of you guys if not you wouldn't be listening to these things so i want to tell you how much i appreciate you listening to these shows got another good one coming up for you a little bit later on with tim mcbride and Brian O'Day. Both former guests of Crime and Entertainment got them back to tell some stories together on the same podcast. Very, very good stuff. Now, if you're enjoying this, like I said, please rate and review the show on your respective platforms, be that Stitcher, Google, Apple, whatever the case may be. And as always, YouTube, we put all our videos up on YouTube so you can get some video to go along with it. Please like, subscribe, hit that notification bell. That way you get notified every time we drop a video because we do do midweek drops quite often. Now, the more content we're getting together, I think that will do it. Ladies and gentlemen, for today's episode, have a happy Memorial Day weekend. I am Hollywood Wade. That was Anthony Ruggiano on John Gotti here on Crime and Entertainment.